TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We do continue on here on a Tuesday night, our first show in the calendar year 2024. Hope you had a, a wonderful New Year's. I don't know about you, um, as I get a little bit older, not that I was, there's only been a few times in my life where I was actually out at some sort of establishment on New Year's Eve. That's never really been my thing. I did it a little bit in college, a little bit after college. But like when I'm watching on TV uh, and I see those huge crowds, whether it's New York or anywhere else, that is not appealing to me whatsoever. So if you happen to be out doing your thing on New Year's Eve, good on you. I was very comfortable sitting at home with my wife, now, Ethan, we actually did the thing at 11 o'clock. We're on ABC. We're watching the Dick Clark thing mm-hmm. and watching the ball go down. But obviously, it's not New Year's in the central time zone. So then we did wait till midnight. Um, and we watched a little bit of the one on CBS that was from Nashville, Nashville yep. and a little bit of the one from Fox that was on from Dallas. Okay. So, and then we went to bed at about 12.03. Well, you answered my question. I was going to ask if you made it to midnight this year. Is this, uh, is, has there been a, have there been years that you haven't made it or are I, you keeping the streak going? Yeah, I think I always have made it at least till midnight. Okay. I do not remember not making it till midnight. How many, you think that, how many more years you think you got until, until that's past you? Oh, I don't know. I mean, you're talking to me like I'm 60 years old or something. Well, I'm, Matt, only, I'm only Matt, 41. Matt, so. you'd be surprised at the number of people that I talked to this year that said, I don't care. I'm not staying up. I'm like, Wow. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's tradition. Now here's like we were we were literally sitting on the couch watching Frasier, not the new one. We're going through like the original Frasier because again, we're old and boring mm-hmm. in the Pauly household, and <laughs> we stopped it at you know ten fifty eight to watch the, and then we stopped it again uh, right before midnight. And we had some you know my wife is pregnant so she can't drink. Uh, so we had sparkling champagne. Nice. And we had a quick cup of sparkling champagne and then went to bed. Did your daughter stay up until the ball drop at 11? No. How about that one? No, not no. even not even nowhere close? So that afternoon, we went over to some uh, real good friends of ours, and um, they did something really cool. They set up something on the ceiling, like inside of almost like a blanket or a, a plastic tarp or something, where they had balloons inside of it, and then they had... Uh, strings going down, so we faked New Year's at 7.30 or something like that, and we allowed uh, the two young girls, my daughter and their daughter, to pull that down. That is brilliant. And I think we watched, while that happened, we brought up on YouTube the ball dropping in a previous year. So that was their New Year celebration. This is genius. Yeah. Did they not catch on to flashing the the year number on there? No, they're four. 
They're mm, four. Never underestimate Matt. Yeah, they're four. I think they were more <laughs> excited about just, you know, once it gets down to zero, we get to pull all the balloons I down. Even, I don't even know if I knew what the ball drop was when I was four. Yeah, I don't I don't think the ball dropping on YouTube made any <laughs> impact whatsoever on my daughter. None whatsoever. So that's it. I I guess when I was in college I would go out on New Year's Eve and I would be at bars and doing all that sort of stuff and I never I even did that. I never even did that during day. college. Oh. Yeah, but not not anymore. Nah, I'm 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 boring Matt now. It's a little overrated. Yeah, I would I would certainly I'd rather hang that. out with the buddies. Yeah, you and was uh, was your fiance with you? She was not. She was actually back in Minnesota. Okay. And the last couple of years, I've gone up to Minnesota for New Year's. But this year, I was like, you know, we're gonna hang around here and uh, you know try and pay some bills. So right. had to, had to work go. that holiday weekend you, for the part timers. You know, cha ching. That's uh, that's where it's at. <laughs> I, I've been in that spot many many times. Uh, I want I two things happened, and it brought me to talk about this. So. I did my hit with uh, Chris and Amy earlier today, and we were talking about the Dallas Cowboys situation. And uh, that was the one with the Lions and the the two-point conversion that didn't happen, and the officials, I think, certainly messed up. We talked with Coach Anthony Becht about it um, a little bit bit last hour. And um, I always think about... Again, I'm not a big sports gambling guy. I wish sports gambling was legal in Missouri because I think it would bring tax revenue. That's my main thing. I think people are already doing it, so you might as well you might as well tax something that's already being done. That was always kind of my thought with like pot. Walk around, people are using it. Right. You might as well make it legal and and tax it. That's kind of just my my general overall. And I know whenever I say things like that, people will push back and say, you know, people can get uh, addicted to it and everything. And I'm not trying to be dismissive of that whatsoever. I just know it's already happening. I know you can go to cross the river and, and and go over to the sports books over there. So you know, whether you're on this side of the state or on the other side of the state and going to Kansas or the northern part and going up to Iowa, like there's there's so many places where you can drive across state borders and place a sports bet and that state is taking in the revenue. So my very simple mind says, well, you know what? I'd, I'd rather Missouri take in uh, the revenue. So I think it can be good. So I was talking with Chris and Amy earlier today and I brought up kind of the sports and sports betting implications of what happened in that game. And, and I said, you know, at some point in most things in life, if you make a mistake there are ramifications to said mistake, and it's going to be interesting if an official ever makes a mistake in a game, clearly makes a mistake, that pushes a point spread in one direction or the other. So you got a lot of people that are out there losing tons of money because of a mistake if those sports gamblers would ever try to come together and bring some sort of legal action against said official. I wasn't saying I was for that. I was just kind of throwing that out there because we live in such a litigious society. I feel like at some point somebody would try that. I don't know the legality of it or not. I'm guessing it would die somewhere and not actually get to court, but but I don't know for sure. So I, I just I made basically that exact same comment to some uh, on with Chris and Amy. And later on, when I was getting set to do this show, I was looking at our text line and the text line actually went kind of crazy on that. Um, and, and I think some people were saying were, were thinking that I was saying that should happen. And I was more saying it as a proverbial type situation. So that's one. So there was a there was a big reaction to those comments that I made. 
And then we've run on news today, and I'm going to uh, play this uh, a little bit. Megan Lynch uh, t- did a report, and you may have heard this story uh, with, with Maria Kina at the 6 o'clock hour. Um, and, and I'll just read from it. Political observer saying sports wagering being approved this session of the Missouri legislator uh, is not a sure bet. Steve Rogers, St. Louis University political science professor, tells KMOX the odds could be against sports betting, even if the issue ends up going to voters. And it'll be interesting as the Cardinals and the Chiefs and the Blues, for example, put money behind this petition if it hits the ballot, um, whether public opinion will change. But at least right now, polling data indicates that Missourians aren't as enthusiastic about sports betting as maybe many in St. Louis may believe. Rogers cites a recent SLU YouGov poll that found only 35% of likely voters are in favor of betting on professional and collegiate sports in Missouri. Last year, a sports betting bill stalled due to a push to include video slot machines. Megan Lynch, KMOX News. All right, thank you, Megan. That surprised me. What's the, what's the main reason behind that, you think, Matt? I don't know. So what surprises me, and again, I'm... I'm talking to sports fans every night on this show. So I'm insulated by that. I get it. I'm not I'm not doing the afternoon show. I'm not doing the morning show. We're not really getting into highly political issues. This is as political as we're ever going to get on this show. But I very rarely hear from or see from people who are anti-sports gambling. So when I hear... Uh, that this St. Louis University political science professor, Steve Rogers, says that the polling says 35% of Missourians are in favor of sports gambling. So that would mean 65% are, are not, or maybe there's something where 20% are indifferent or something. I don't know. I don't see the poll in front of me. I'm just going based off what he said on KMOX this morning. I was really surprised by this because the world I live in is a world filled with people who are very much in favor of sports gambling. And again, maybe it's maybe it's just the sandbox that I'm playing in and I need to go diversify myself a little bit and go talk to people from uh, who don't care about sports and things like that and see where they're at. But I to, to answer your question, Ethan, the negative of sports gambling is the possibility of it becoming something that somebody becomes addicted to. And we, I know gambling can ruin families, can ruin lives, just like anything else that you can get addicted to in this world. It can do horrible things to individuals and families and everything. Not trying to run away from that. But there are a lot of things that are legal that are in that right same, whether right. it's other adult activities, whether it's drinking, like whatever. There's a lot of things that are legal that are that people get addicted to. Um to me, again, I talk about the tax dollars walking across the state borders. I just don't understand how only 35% of people could be in favor of this. That seems scary low. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not even, I mean, in, in general, poll numbers tend to be relatively even. And for miscellaneous, 35% seems scary low. The only The only thing I would say is maybe I'm just out of touch with what's happening in like Mid Missouri, rural Missouri, places like that, and that that could be. I I I don't know what the feeling is there. Uh, I just know that I heard that number and I heard that news story from Megan, and I was pretty surprised by it. So, 
Uh, this will be a big story again, again, as the uh, as the legislation uh, legislation session is set to open up on Wednesday. We're going to be talking a lot about sports gambling on this program. Up next, we'll be talking to uh, Joe Roderick from Claves Online, one of our favorite people to talk to. Uh, we'll talk college football playoff, and who knows what else we'll get into with him. He joins us in just a moment. It's Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX, our first edition of a 2024 Gray Bar Sports Open Line. We're going to head to the Quiver River Electric Guest Line right now. Welcome onto the program. Somebody you see and hear over at uh, Klabes Online does a few other things as well. He has our good friend Joe Roderick. You follow him on Twitter at Joe Roderick. He joins us right now. Hey, Joe. Hey, what's going on, Matt? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. I wanted to have you on. You said something today on the show that you did with Klaibs that I thought was really interesting because the point that you made was when when college football players or you know eventually former college football players look back on the college football playoff and they're playing in a game like the Rose Bowl or playing in a game like the Sugar Bowl and they're talking about it, they're not going to so much say, did this in the Rose Bowl, this happened in the Rose Bowl. They're going to say it happened in the, the college football playoff semifinal game. I, I think the Rose Bowl is maybe a little bit different from the other bowls that are connected to it. Maybe that's more appropriate for the Sugar Bowl. But I, I hadn't really thought about that until you said that. And I thought it was interesting because in many ways, the identity of some of these bowl games are lost by them also being college football playoff semifinals. It is. And it, it really it just comes down to people holding on to tradition. And we're past that. I, we're... We, we don't need to – we're not stuck back in the day where you you had the Pac-10 versus the Big Ten in the, in the Rose Bowl, and that's, you know, and then we wait and see what the polls are going to look like on, uh, on the following day to see who gets number one team in the nation. Like, we're past that. We finally figured it out in college football, and we finally got past the ridiculousness that was – Oh, the kids, you know, they can't be out of school for too long. And, oh, it's impossible to have a playoff. Like, we can have a playoff. I mean, for how many years was Division I AA 
or now with the FCS, I mean, how many years were they having championships? I mean, were those kids, were their lives and educations not as important as, as the ones in the SEC and the Big Ten to where they could, you know, they could have a round of 16 playoffs and for them, you know, for the SEC, it was, okay, you go to the Sugar Bowl and that's it? Like, we're, we're past that. And that's fine. If you want to have a game in Pasadena, in an outdated stadium, then okay, have it there. We don't need to call it the Rose Bowl anymore. And even looking at next year's schedule, they're still doing that. They're still having these games in these bowls, and it's fine to have them there. But I, I just think you know we're we're gonna have a round of twelve. I mean, we're gonna have twelve teams in the in the playoffs next year. It's just we can move past it. We don't need to have all this history and this tradition behind it anymore. Have they figured? I I don't know. I I speak from a position of ignorance right now. Have they said? Because right now you have you have these group of bowls that are part of the college football playoff, and every you know umpteen years, like this year, it was the the Rose Bowl and it was the Sugar Bowl. Those are the the bowl games that are connect to the semifinal, and then you get to the the national championship game next weekend, and the national championship game is just its own thing. Well, now there's going to be multiple rounds of playoffs with the twelve team playoff. Have they said is like the second round? Are those still going to be established bowl games? Is that how it's going to work? Yeah, so I I was looking I looked it up last week and then I was looking it up again when when I was on with Klaibs today. It's the, the top 4 teams get the buys and I think those are the conference like the main conference winners possibly for that, but then after that, I mean, so the round the first round like the 5-12 game, the the 6-11 game, those games are on campus. That's so, right. you know, technically like Mizzou could host a game and I think those games are like December 20th next year. And that's the the first round for that. And the way they're going to do it, I mean, if you thought last night was late <laughs> with the, with those two games and how late the uh, the Washington Texas game ended, so next year I think one game it's a Wednesday night game, and then on Thursday they are playing three games, or maybe it's a Friday Saturday situation. I think that's what it is. Like there's a game on Friday night, and then the next three games are all on one day. So that's going to be a long day of football for those first two rounds, but yeah, they're doing them at the bowls. Like the, you know, I think the national championship game next year is, I think it's in Atlanta. And I think that one is on its own, but all the other games, like the cotton bowl is essentially the semifinals next year for one of the games. I Now I'll disagree with you a little bit because I still like the fact that there's there's a Rose Bowl and a Sugar Bowl and everything. I do think that they're I do think they lose their value when they're part of the college football playoff because people I'm always going to when I think about this year's college football playoff, I'm not going to remember it was the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. I'm just going to remember that it was a, a semifinal game. So I do think these bowl games, when they're in the college football playoff, do lose some of their identity. I think that was some of the point that you were making earlier today. But at the same time, I I don't want the Rose Bowl to just go away. It feels like that still should be a part of college football. But if that's the case, then let's just say, okay, we're going to keep the Rose Bowl. It's going to be the third best Big Ten team against the third best Pac-12 team. If that's the case, then you're going to get a situation like we saw with Georgia and Florida State where why should those kids play? You're going to have 23 kids opting out of those games. And I just – I think we're getting near the end of it. And that was something, you know, Claves brought up too. Like what we, we were going back and forth about what incentives do these kids have to play? Like the Florida state kids went out there and did everything they were supposed to do. They won all 13 games they played. 
And then the committee said, you know what? You're not good enough. And we have these four teams. They're good enough. They're going to play. You guys are left out. What did any of those kids on Florida State have to prove left this year? They just went out there and they ran through their schedule. What would beating Georgia have done for any of them? And you're there's no incentive, right? No, you're right. And again, hopefully that all gets fixed with the the playoff next year. It should all get fixed. I would actually argue, I think Georgia was better than Florida State even with everybody in there. And I think Georgia might have been better than than a Texas or a, or an Alabama. So even though they, at least a at least a Texas, I don't know. I'm just I'm glad it's not going to be four anymore because it feel there there should never be a scenario where the 13th best team in the nation is a team that you're saying you know what they should be in the playoff because they've got a chance to win a national title. And on top of that, like, sorry, uh, on top of that, like, if you have the top 12 teams, number 12 still isn't going to belong. But at least in that scenario, five or six can at least prove that they belong. Right. You know, maybe seven or eight could prove that. Number 12 this year, the 12 seed this year would have been Liberty. They would have gotten in. They would have been the 12 seed because they were the highest ranked non-power conference and they would have been embarrassed. Just, uh, that I mean, would have happened. They were anyways. And yeah, and that's and that's exactly what would have happened if it was a 12 team playoff. Is a team like Liberty, great story all year long. Okay, you get in there, you get embarrassed. And thanks for coming. You got you you tried. I and like I said to Claves earlier, I think we're not it's going to be a long time before we see a scenario where you're going to have a Boise State versus Oklahoma Statue of Liberty play to end a game. You know, it's that that's not going to happen every year. And it's just, it's nice to see those teams get a reward for that because, okay, you know, if we're going to sit here and debate between 11 and 12, those teams don't probably don't deserve to be in any way. You know, they're not going to beat one or two when it comes down to it. I am good though with the, the non, you know, the group of five teams getting the opportunity because you mentioned Boise state, there have been some years where some of those teams are really good and it's nice that they'll get the opportunity. It's not going to be every year. It's not most more often than not. If you're not in one of the power conferences and you, and you get into the playoff, you're going to get knocked out and it's going to be fairly one-sided, but I do like the fact that there is now more of a pathway for if those teams do ever build themselves to a point that they can play play with the other teams that they would get the opportunity. Yeah, it's it, it is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And it's going to be a lot more football. Like yesterday we got a small taste of NFL, you know, of football playoffs because right now I love it. it, it maybe it's oversaturated a bit, but I love the way the NFL playoffs are right now. I love how many games we get. I love the Monday night game. That's just so much football Saturday, Sunday, Monday for that first round of the playoffs. Now, and I absolutely love, love that. And we're going to get a small taste of that back in December. I mean, we're going to start, we're going to be getting football playoff games before Christmas next year. That's, that's awesome. I mean, more football, more meaningful games, the better. Like, it's cute to see the menu that the Cheez-It Bowl and the Pop-Tart Bowl put out there. It's cute to see the mascot go down in the toaster and then all the players eat it after the game. I couldn't tell you what two teams played in that hey, game. That's my alma mater, Kansas State, who won that game. You be careful, Joe. <laughs> well, hey, if my alma mater had won a football game in the last three years, I would know if they were in a bowl game too, but they currently have the longest losing streak in all of college football. So 
the the Western Illinois Leathernecks not not the greatest program right now. All right, fair enough. But I will say this, and a lot of people disagree with me. Uh, I still I like the bowl system as being a thing where these teams that are not in the college football playoff, it, you know, there's a lot of student athletes who are not going to the NFL. There's a lot of fans who support teams all season long. It's a chance for fans to be rewarded, go to a cool city. It's a chance for student athletes to play in kind of a different game and to get a swag bag and all the events that lead up to it. I get that when Georgia and Florida State play each other in a game that doesn't matter, it can get really, really ugly, but... I like the bowl system as it is, giving most of those other teams an opportunity to play one more game at the end of the year. Yeah, for as meaningless as they are, the kids they get cool stuff. And if you're a diehard alum or you're one of the parents, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna travel to that. So if it's in a if it's in a good enough city to travel to, I guess. Yeah, I mean, nobody wants to. You brought up Boise. I mean, isn't that where they do the uh, famous Idaho Potato Bowl? Do you want to take a trip to Boise? Yeah. You can isn't, see, there, isn't the Birmingham isn't the Birmingham Bowl a thing or Shreveport? Uh, yeah, you know, the Liberty Bowl some, is a Shreveport, yeah. but at least with like uh, Shreveport and Birmingham, those should be warm weather cities. Boise is not warm in January and December. No, yeah, no. Give me you know, give me the Music City Bowl like that one. Okay, you get to go down to Nashville and may, maybe you know, or the, any of the games in Orlando. Maybe you hop over to Disney. But yeah, there's there's some that aren't great. You know, we can get rid of some of those. You know the. As cool as it might be to see a football game at Yankee Stadium or Fenway Park, the Fenway Bowl and the Pinstripe Bowl, I would have zero interest. That's too cold. I'm not going to that game. And aren't like the the fields don't really fit it either. So it's not like it's not ideal for football games. They just kind of put it out there and hope it works. I guess for some like the the one in Hey, what teams are they hoping make it to the to the pinstripe bowl? You know, what what teams want to are, are going to go to that and go go for, watch a game at Yankee Stadium? This year was Rutgers and Miami in the pinstripe bowl. You get Rutgers there. I mean, people, yeah, you you know, you hope for Rutgers, right? Because it's it's somewhat local. You yeah. could drive there. SMU and Boston College in the Fenway Bowl, so they got BC in there for the Boston thing. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. It's um, like how Hawaii always plays in the, you know, in, in Hawaii for there's or Boise. How many times do they get to play in the, the Idaho Bowl? You get the blue turf. You keep it local. Yep. Yeah. You get the blue turf. Uh, last thing for you before we let you go, just shifting gears. I can't talk to you without talking baseball. What What's your expectation now that we're through New Year's? This is the time where maybe activity starts to pick up a little bit more. What are you expecting to see from the Cardinals in terms of roster additions between now and when spring training gets started? I, I just more arms, more arms. Just I don't care if they're starters. I don't care if they're relievers. Just find guys to fill every hole and have backups ready to go. Because I, I don't know how many years in a row it feels like we've sat here and we've said, "How oh, they got eleven starters? They're they're ready to go. They're going to be loaded." And the next thing we know, they're like, "Okay, they have four starters. Who's going to start that fifth game?" So. Just keep loading up the arms, keep figuring out who is going to fill all those innings because right now I think it, what you look at what the Cardinals have done, and I think we talked about this last time I was on, John Mozalek went out there and he said, hey, we're going to add three starters, and he said down in the winter meetings, he said to you, down at the winter meetings, we're looking to trade Tyler O'Neill. He got all of those things done before Christmas. He Everything they sought out to do, they got done before Christmas. Now you can go and you can try to further improve the team you you missed out on the uh, on the left-handed pitcher from japan 
that I, I think that would have been a huge get if the Cardinals would have gotten him. So there's still there's still bullpen arms out there, but I think if you look at it right now, I, the Cubs haven't done a thing. The Cubs spent forty million dollars on a manager and haven't done. They haven't traded for a player. They haven't signed a player yet. Who knows what they're doing up there? Same with Milwaukee. I, Milwaukee lost their manager. They've lost Brandon Woodruff. I mean, what have they done this off? Right now, the Cardinals look to be. At the same, the Reds haven't done anything. The Cardinals look to be the most impressive National League Central team right now this off season. So keep doing it. If you you have your foot on the throat of the rest of the NL Central, just keep pushing down and and go out there and make sure you secure that uh, that title in the division this year. He is uh, Joe Roderick. You see him as part of the team over at uh, Klabes Online. Follow him at Joe Roderick. Joe, thank you so much for uh, taking some time. Uh, Happy New Year, and I'm sure we'll talk again very very soon. Absolutely, Matt. Anytime. All right. There's uh, Joe Roderick joining us, and uh, we appreciate him uh, taking uh, taking a moment uh, with us here on the program. We'll take a break. Have more in just a moment. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Back at it on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. I have about 20 minutes left in the program as we take you to uh, 8 o'clock this evening. No show tomorrow. You just heard the promo for uh, Billikens basketball. They are going to uh, open up 8-10 play tomorrow evening at Chaffetz Arena as they take on Loyola Chicago. That's going to be a 6 o'clock tip-off tomorrow night, so that means our coverage with uh, Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr. will begin at 5.45, so no Graybar Sports Open Line. And then uh, no show on Thursday. Technically, we're going to have our uh, countdown to opening day show. We are going to be recording with... Uh, Cardinals uh, radio uh, network play-by-play man analyst Ricky Horton at 12 noon at Cardinals Nation Restaurant and Bar inside of Ballpark Village. So if you want to meet uh, Ricky, you've got the opportunity to do so. Again, we've been doing that. It's a little bit different what we're doing this year with the Countdown to Opening Day show. We're doing these uh, extended conversations. A few weeks ago, we had John Rooney on. Last week, or two weeks ago, uh, we had uh, Benji Molina on. And this week, we're going to have Ricky on. So that's going to be at 12 o'clock at Cardinals Nation. So if you're looking for, uh, especially if you work downtown and you're looking for a place to uh, eat lunch on Thursday and uh, uh, watch and watch us do a little radio show and uh, get a chance to uh, to meet Ricky. You can do that coming up on again. That's Thursday. That's not tomorrow. That's Thursday at twelve noon. That's when we're going to get started with Ricky. And would love for you to uh, stop by, get some great food. They've got really really good food over at uh, Cardinals Nation Restaurant, so you can have that for yourself. And parking gets validated. So if you uh, if you get something to eat and you just give the person your ticket, they'll validate your parking, so you don't have to worry about that either. So that's going on. Uh, coming up on Thursday. Something else I wanted to mention, and I know not everybody's going to have the opportunity to to do this, but we've got an event that's going to be coming up on January 18th, and, and um, it's going to be an unplugged conversation with Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel. So Thursday, January 18th, it's going to take place at uh, Tapawingo National Golf Club. This is going to be something that's not recorded, not something that we're airing on the radio, This is something that's going to be for the people who are in the room. And look, Oliver Marmel doesn't need me coming to to his defense on anything. But something that I I say all the time, because I host the Cardinal Post Game Show, and there are a lot of people out there that are anti-Ali. And I've, I've never completely understood that outside of the fact that the team lost a lot of games last year, and he was the club's manager. 
So people are going to look to blame somebody, and that blame goes there. But I've always the, the I've said this a million times that one of the things I really appreciate about Ali and why I'm I, I I'm excited to see what he can do as a really good young manager moving forward is I I think he's incredibly smart, well spoken, and thinks out everything that he does. And I learn about baseball just being around him because you don't have to agree with every move he makes. I don't agree with every move he makes, but he never makes a move without knowing why he's making that move. You might disagree with the why, but quite honestly, a lot of times when we talk through the, the why he did something very rarely, not always. Sometimes there are people who have, very good, well-thought-out reasons why they disagree with something that Ali did, and, and they've got their own reasons for, for, for disagreeing with something he said. And that's great. That creates baseball conversation. I love baseball conversation. I love being able to, to look at you know specific moments in games and see the decision that was made right there when you're at a crossroads point. You can do this. You can do that. Maybe The decision, the decision is made for this reason. Um but something I say to people all the time when they're critical of them is listen to them. Listen to them talk. Go, go, you know, we on our post game show, we run the post game audio from his from his scrum. They do the same thing on Bally Sports Midwest. Go listen to the questions are being that are being asked of them and listen to his answers. Spend some time doing that. Make it an exercise of yours to go do that. Because I think at that point you'll see that there is well-thought-out reasoning behind all of it. So that's where this event that we've got coming up is really cool. I wish, I honest, I, I'm not just saying this to sell tickets. I, honest to God, wish that every single Cardinal fan could get some, maybe not one-on-one -on -one time, but some, some small group time with Oliver Marmel and just talk baseball with him. And... I, I think the opinion for a lot of people would change. So that's kind of what this is. It's 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock, Thursday, January 18th. Tickets are 75 bucks. Uh, your ticket gets you a dinner and then your, your event and everything. Very limited tickets on this. You can go to KMOX.com and, and get this. Again, I'm not talking through this because I'm trying to sell you tickets. It'd be great if you're going to go. I would suspect this is a this is a pretty unique sort of event, so I'd assume that it's going to uh, to sell out. Uh, Tom Ackerman is going to be the one who's going to be uh, hosting it and talking through things. But um, that's – I've. When I heard about this, and I wasn't involved in like the planning or anything, I learned about it when you learned about it, basically. And I was so excited about this for Cardinals fans that are going to get the opportunity to go because I think it's something that's that's worth your time to to hear from him a little bit and to really listen to the things that uh, that he's saying. So again, KMOX.com is where you go to purchase tickets, and I think this is going to be a pretty cool and and good on him, by the way, good on him to do something like this where fans are going to be uh, asking questions and things like that. That's he is, he is so incredibly comfortable in his own skin and he is so incredibly confident in the decisions that he makes largely because every decision that he makes comes from a place of really 
knowing what's going on and, and it being well thought out. Ethan Hanford, you're you're in these media conferences after the games. You you deal with them a fair amount. Do you disagree with anything that I'm saying? There, I mean, I 100% agree with everything that you've talked about. One of the one of the best parts about Ollie is. And my interaction with him is that he always shoots straight with you. He's never afraid to give you an honest answer. And that can be hard sometimes, especially after this past season, a 71 win season. Ollie always kept it real with you. um, But he always always gave a fair answer, which I I really appreciated. And he's going to do the exact same to every single person that he comes in contact with at this event. And and one thing I'll, I'll add as well, Ollie said at the end of the year, like fans should be pissed. Fans should be upset about how last season went. So if there is anyone that is like on that same level with uh, Cardinal Nation, it's Oliver Marmel. So this is a great opportunity, and uh, I'm I'm a little jealous that I'm not going to be able to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I assume I'm going to be here working that night, so that that's all right. But Tom Ackerman's going to uh, be taking care of it, and obviously they have conversations uh, during the Sunday morning show uh, all year long, and Tom's uh, going to be awesome at it, kind of helping uh, filter through uh, the questions and everything. So it's just going to be a fun night. KMOX.com is where you go for all the details. One more break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up this edition of a Graybar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Starting to wrap things up, it is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. We are done uh, in just a few moments. Dave Simons has you for At Your Service tonight, 8 o'clock to uh, 10 o'clock, so we will hand things off to him in just a few moments. The folks at uh, Front Office Sports, which is kind of a, it's a, it's an industry publication looking at the uh, the business of sports. They put together their list of the biggest stories that we'll be talking about in sports in 2024. So, Ethan, I'm going to go through these, and you tell me if they miss it. You know, this is from a national standpoint, not not from a local standpoint. Okay. Uh, but they list the details of the expanded college football playoff, what it's going to look like. Uh, there's not a lot of clarity right now, especially because, you know, the Pac-12 breaking up. It's not really a Power 5 anymore, so we don't totally know uh, what that's going to look like. Speaking with, uh, continuing with uh, college athletics, college athlete employment, name, image, likeness, mm-hmm. uh, all the all the things that are going through the court system right now, what really amateurism is. Uh, that's something that we're going to uh, continue to talk about. Uh, next, the future of professional golf. We're continuing to see, even as the PGA and Live Golf are kind of coming together, we're seeing individuals leave the PGA to go to Live Golf. There's other legal ramifications uh, on this uh, moving forward. Uh, the Olympics. This is an Olympic year, if you didn't know. Twas sure is. Summer Paris, Olympics. right? Yeah, Paris. Uh, there's a lot of questions there. There's been a lot of turmoil uh, in Paris. There's been corruption allegations. I did, by the way, see today that NBC has hired Snoop Dogg to be a correspondent for their Olympics coverage. I also saw that. Yeah. So no, not a lot of words on that. Snoop Dogg <laughs> is here to save the the Olympics. Uh, the sustainability of Las Vegas as a city with professional sports, as we already have the Raiders there and the Golden Knights, and now the Oakland A's are going to be going there. You would have thought the NBA would be the first league to go into Las Vegas, 100%. and now they're potentially going to be the last. But is it a is it a city that can sustain local sports? Can they support a major league baseball team? They're not a huge city. When you're talking about the NFL, they're going to be fine. Even the NHL has you know, half as many games. Are they going to be a, a city that can support a major league baseball team? Uh, major league soccer's first full season of Messi. That's going to be a, a big storyline. Uh, all eyes on the expensive Dodgers as they have spent 
gobs and gobs of money. And then also, I thought this one was interesting, uh, sports relationship with X, formerly known as Twitter, what I still call Twitter, um, as uh, there's a political aspect to that, but really Twitter is still very much intertwined with sports, breaking sports news, athletes on, on, on Twitter. If all of a sudden sports people start to leave Twitter slash X, is that going to impact uh, that platform? So those are, according to front office sports, the sports stories that we're going to be talking about in 2024. I think the one that the one I was waiting for and it got brought up right at the very end there was the Dodgers and and that's going to be something really interesting to watch and especially I think that honestly might stretch out in the next few years because I think that once it gets to the next or time for the next CBA then we're going to have I think a whole nother conversation about you know will what the Dodgers did with the Shohei Otani contract will that be something that gets twisted, uh, maneuvered to where you're not able to put off that much money in the future? That'll be something that I want to keep an eye on. Yeah, it'd be, I don't know who would push for that though. That's the, I don't think owners are going to push for that because owners want to keep as much flexibility as possible and players aren't going to push for that because it's the player's choice. So and there's not, I think fans are a little bit uncomfortable with so much money being deferred. You don't think some of these smaller owners wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily, or wouldn't be again? Would... I don't think there's enough to make an impact. I, I, I think there's, there's a lot more billionaires involved in this. And I think they want to do what they want to do. And they don't want any rules stopping them from it. But well, it's, that's fair. Yeah, we'll see. All right. So that's going to do it uh, for the program tonight. Again, uh, Dave Simons, he is on the way next with uh, an at your service. No sports open line tomorrow night. We're going to have Billikens basketball. Bob Ramsey, Earl Austin Jr., they've got the call of the game as uh, they match up against Loyola Chicago coverage at uh, 545. And then we are going to be back with countdown to opening day on Thursday night. If you want to uh, see that recorded live with Ricky Horton, we'll see you at Cardinals Nation coming up Thursday at noon. And we'll talk to you later here on KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.